Parshas Shemos. Everyone remembers the story of that little baby boy in a basket who was aimlessly floating on the Nile River. And the truth is, we should have never heard of him again because that basket should have kept on floating. The Nile eventually flows out to the sea and the basket with Moshe Rabbeinu inside it was going to go lost in the vast ocean unless maybe a crocodile would snap him up before that. The one thing we know for sure is that this beautiful little boy wasn't headed for any success. And then suddenly, a new character is introduced into our history. Vateret bat paro lirchotz al hayor. The daughter of Paro went down to bathe by the river. Shamos. We never heard of her. We didn't even know Paro had a daughter. And suddenly she appears on the stage of history, bathing in the river. And her servant girls are walking alongside of her on the river bank. Now these words presented a puzzle to the Chachamim. Because when a princess goes into the river to bathe, her servant girls are expected to wade into the river along with her. That's their job, to serve her and to protect her. That's why the president's bodyguards are expected to follow him everywhere, even to the bathroom. It's not like the Secret Service today who will allow a Meshuggah like John Hinckley to get close to President Reagan. And only when he starts t- taking pot shots at the president, that's when they wake up. Nothing doing. A princess is accompanied everywhere. And therefore, the Chachamim, pay, the Chachamim paid attention to the fact that the puzzle goes out of its way to tell us that the maid servants walked along the banks of the river, that they weren't willing to join the daughter of Pado in her swim. And so the Chachamim tell us that there was a good reason why they didn't accompany her. It's because the daughter of Paro wasn't merely going to bathe herself. The Pasuk is teaching us that she went down to bathe herself as a demonstration that she was throwing away the idolatry of her father. Bathing is always a symbol of teshuva, of breaking away from the past. And her ladies-in-waiting did not want to go along with the demonstration that the Bas Paro was making against her father. At that moment, the daughter of Paro was making a demonstration. She was greatly troubled by her father's behavior and had been harboring these thoughts in her mind for a long time already. Her father was persecuting the Bnei Yisrael for no reason, and she recognized how noble these people really were. And she was outraged by how they were being degraded by the Mitzrim. And as a result of her cogitations of her thinking, she came to the conclusion that she wanted to side with the Am Yisrael. That it is better to be on the side of the oppressed than on the side of the oppressor. And now all her sympathies were with B'nai Yisrael. Her mind was boiling with indignation and she wanted to break herself away from the travesty of justice she witnessed in her country. That's what her bath was all about. And now she takes a look and she sees something out of the ordinary floating on the water, a basket, a little crib. And we understand that the daughter of Pyro already surmised what it was. And, and so, Vatishlach et Amata, she sent out her Ama. Now, there are two perushim to the word Ama. One is that Amasa means her girl servant. At first, she said to her girl servant, wade out into the river and grab that basket for me. But the servant girls weren't that stupid. They knew that this little errand smelled with capital punishment. Because what could be in that basket floating in the water? They understood what was floating there. And the last thing they wanted to do was to start up with Paro. 
So when the handmaid was dispatched to grab the basket, she thought to herself, nothing doing. She was afraid for her neck. Of course, she wouldn't resist the order of her governess straight away. So we can suppose that she she ventured into the water to a certain depth. She made some faint attempt to reach the basket, and then she returned empty-handed with an excuse that it was too deep into the river, that it was out of her arm's reach. But this little basket was now floating by, and in one second, it would be too late. So the daughter of Paro didn't wait any longer, and she stretched out her arm. That's the second perush. She sent out her arm and took hold of it. Amasa means her arm. The ama measurement, the cubit, is measured by the arm. And so, when the handmaiden came back empty-handed, so the Bas Paro stretched out her arm herself. Now, on this, the Gemara tells us that a, a bit of mysticism. The Gemara says her arm was not long enough and she couldn't reach it. But she was determined not to let that basket get away. So she reached with all of her strength. She extended every muscle, every tendon in her arm until she disjointed her arm. It was pulled out of the socket. That's what the Gemara says. That her arm became longer than it was supposed to be. Now, how did that happen? Maybe you want to learn Kipshuto and say it was a miracle. Whatever you'll say happened there. What we can say for sure is that because she was who she was, because she had built up in her soul such a strong desire to do what was right, so she exerted herself with every ounce of her energy. She strained her arm to the utmost, and our Kaddish Baruch Hu helped her make it. She seized the basket with her fingertips before it floated by once and forever, and history was made. Now, many of the historic things that are related in the Torah are treated sparsely. Often, nothing is said to introduce them. And that's what we find here. At first glance, it seems as if the origins of this great woman is entirely lacking. The Bas Paro suddenly appears out of nowhere to save the Redeemer of the Am Yisroel. But we must understand that the daughter of Paro did not suddenly appear on the scene. That's what Chazal are teaching us when they say, She went, that she went to the Nile to bathe herself clean of the wickedness of her father's home. When she was going to bathe, she had in her mind something beyond bathing. Something that had been in her mind a long time before. And it was only because of the desires, the thoughts that had been in her heart for a long time, that's why it turned out that she starred in this episode. The greatest man in history was floating by in a little basket at that moment. And she made it. She saved him. That was her reward for wanting her desires. And now we understand why the basket was out of the reach of an ordinary maidservant. Because she wasn't deserving of it. Uh, deserving of it. Her mind was not fermenting, bubbling with thoughts of the righteousness of the Am Yisrael. She didn't want to reach out for the basket, only because the Bas Paro longed to be a helper for the Am Yisrael, only because of the desires that she had created in her mind long before this incident. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu led her in the path that she wanted, and that's why she succeeded. Her Ratzon, her desire, was the introduction to her greatness in this world. That's why the Bas Paro is enshrined forever in the Torah as the mother of Moshiach Shel Yisrael. The savior of the Am Yisrael is considered her child. And forever and ever the Torah is going to continue to relate what she did. She is the one whose hand was outstretched to save the Jewish people. 
The Am Yisrael came into existence because of the hand of the daughter of Paro. That's some zechus. Anyone who could back on his life, who could look back on his life and see that he once saved Moshe Rabbeinu, so he has a place in the annals of eternity. What we're learning now is that there is a, pre- a preface to everything that happens to a person in this world. And it's that preface that we're going to study now. The, prelim- the, pre- the preliminary to almost all of the happenings that take place in the history of our people and in our own lives as well takes place in the mind. In the desire of the mind. It's a chiddish. And most people are unaware of this important principle. Something takes place previously in the mind that acts as a catalyst for what eventually occurs. It's a principle that the Gemara states in Makkas. And if you look in the Chumash and in the Nevi'im and Kesuvim, and if you look in the Shas and the Midrashim, you'll find it's it's reiterated countless times. And that is the principle of In the way that a person wishes to go, in that way, he is led. It means that the path to success is paved with good intentions. If you choose a path in life, then our Kaddosh Baruch Hu will help you succeed in the, in the way that you choose. However, we must pay attention to the wording of the words of Chazal. It says, A person is led by Hashem in the way that he desires to go. There has to be a desire. You know the word roitze, to want, is related to the word ratz, to run. If you want something, you run towards it. You don't just sit. You don't even walk. You run. The beginning of any genuine achievement in this world is the genuine ratzon to accomplish. So now we begin to see how important it is to shape in our minds what's called ratzen, a desire for what's good. And that means, first of all, find out what is worthwhile in this world. You have to study. You have to spend time thinking. What's important? What are the great ideals? And don't think you know them already, because many of our ideals come from the outside world. If you don't make an effort to shape your mind with the right desires, so your mind won't wait around, the outside world gets busy molding your attitudes. Of course, everyone will say, I desire everything that's good. I want to be a good from Jew. That's what I want. But the truth is that in his heart, if we could pry it open and take a look, we'll see he's desiring, let's say, travel. He's desiring wealth. He's desiring other things too. We look around us and we see what people's ideals are. We see what people invest their time in. His mind is empty of the true ambitions that can make a man great. And therefore, it becomes necessary to learn the ideals that will direct us on the road to greatness. Now, that's a very important study because the number one requirement if you want to begin a career of achievement is desiring what's important in this world. You have to learn what there is to aspire to in this world because that's the first step you take on the road. And once you've planted those good aspirations in your heart, so we say, It's a principle of Hashem's conduct with mankind that He helps you succeed in what you aspire to. And therefore, gaining a ratzen for good things is already a big accomplishment because now Hashem is on your side. Let's say you're a young yeshiva boy and you want to be matzliach in your learning. So it's not enough just to learn, to move ahead. You have to think like this. 
One day I'd like to be a big Talmud Chacham. If I could be like the Kesoysa Choshen, or maybe like the Nesivis, or the Minchas Chinuch. Ooh, That's what I want for myself. Not only he says the words, he really wants. He has real Cheshek, a sincere desire. He thinks about that while he's walking in the street. I would love to be a Gadol Batoida. He wants to be a Gadol Batoida, not because he wants to become famous, because he wants covered. No, he loves Toida. If I could be a Gadol Batoida, if I knew, let's say, all the Mesechtas, if I could dive into Shas without having to stop and think in the Peshat, because I know it so well already. Imagine that. If I could dive into Shas like saying to Hillim, if I knew all the Toysos in Shas, oh, how happy I would be. But it all depends on how much you want, how much you really want it. Because that wanting, you should know, is the beginning. Life is full of opportunity. You have to be a roitze. You have to desire good things. And in most cases, when you truly desire, Hashem causes it to come true. Here's a man who wants to become a barber. I'm just choosing that as an example. We'll see soon that it applies to much more important things. So this man, whose goal in life is to be a barber, three things are going to happen to him. And all three of them are included in the principle of In a way that a man wishes to go, in that way he will be led. The first thing is that he'll find opportunities. He's going to notice various opportunities that come along by the wayside that others, others, people who didn't set out on the hair-cutting road, ignore. And if he didn't have this desire, then he would have, then he would have passed them by too. He wants to cut hair, so he'll start practicing on his little brother's hair. He'll tell his mother that she can save good money if she lets him give his little brother a haircut. And he's in a yeshiva. So he'll find time to ply his trade by giving haircuts to other bakarim. He'll find opportunities in the barbershop too. When he's sitting in the barbershop waiting his turn, he'll catch the work of a, of a professional barber. Or maybe he'll see something written about barbering that others would ignore, but he grabs onto it. All these opportunities he'll notice and take advantage. And they will cause him to be encouraged to succeed in his quest for the purpose that he's aiming at. And after a while, he's gaining some experience and some knowledge in in cutting hair. That's number one of the principle of molichinoto. The second thing is like this. As a result of a man's orientation in life, his character actually begins to change. If you're interested in being a barber, then certain processes begin to develop in your mind, attitudes that enable you to carry out your ambitions. Your emotions of a barber will begin to develop within you. You'll become attached emotionally to cutting other people's hair. You like the idea of standing behind a customer wearing an apron and trying to make him look better by means of a haircut. And you know how to handle people better. How to be patient with them when they keep turning their head in the wrong direction. A person is turning his head this way and that way. So you know how to gently adjust his head. You know how to look for a good location where to open a place. All these ideas occur to you because your mind is in it. Your emotions, your attitudes are now inspired by your original ambition. You've gained the attitudes of a barber already. And the third is a most remarkable thing. 
HaKadosh Baruch himself will get involved and help you to become a barber. Things are going to happen. In the way that you desire to go, Hashem will take you. Either your father-in-law will turn out to be a barber and he'll take you into the business. He'll give you his shop or something else will happen. Maybe you'll move into a neighborhood that needs a barber and eventually you'll succeed in realizing your ambition. I'm using this only as a muscle, but it's true. It's true for everything. It's true for much greater things than barbering because it's a process that applies to any kind of mental attitude. Suppose a person makes up his mind that he wants to be a servant of Hashem. He wants to walk in the ways of Hashem. So what's going to happen? Once he achieves a real desire, a fire burning within within him to succeed in the service of Hashem, so three things are going to happen to him. The first thing is that he's going to notice opportunities that others don't see. Opportunities will come up that will give him a push in the right direction. He'll find chavrusas. He'll find a good Rebbe. He might even find some Sadik or a big Talmud Chacham who will guide him with advice and encourage him in the right direction. He's going to find ways and means by the wayside that others who didn't desire, who didn't desire it wouldn't notice it. He's going to find on his path in life various opportunities which he's going to notice and utilize because of his, des- his desire to walk in that direction. A second thing, when somebody is interested in Avoidus Hashem, then certain processes begin to develop in his mind. Attitudes that enable him to carry out his ambitions. His mind because, becomes improved. He's able to understand better. His emotions and his ideals become polished. And as a result of a man's orientation in life, his character begins to change. If you desire to choose the way of serving Hashem, in the course of time, your nature is going to change. You are going to develop now inwardly all the attitudes of a tzaddik. And that's a very big achievement. Your mind becomes the mind of a tzaddik. Your midas becomes the midas of a tzaddik. You're able to control yourself. You're not interested in the foolishness of the world. You're interested in things that are constructive and helpful and intelligent. And you become a different personality. All because of your desire to be a tzaddik. And third, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will guide his footsteps. He'll be in good company. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will help him succeed and he'll become a tzaddik. If he desires it, it happens. Like it says, Hashem shows even the sinners the right way to heal him. So surely he shows the tzaddikim the right path in life. Makus. Tzaddikim will be shown the right path in life. They'll get encouragement. On all sides, they'll find people who will help them and encourage them in how to succeed as Sadiqim. And now we come to a very important part of the subject. Something not only for Sadiqim, it's for all of us too, because this Torah principle applies to all areas of life. Whether or not we'll find happiness in this world is also dependent on this very principle. Suppose a person starts out in life with a desire to be unhappy. It's a remarkable thing that very many people start out with such a desire. They're looking for unhappiness. They're looking to complain. So what happens? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, if you're looking for unhappiness, then I'm going to help you succeed. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu helps him out and he succeeds in being unhappy. Oh, does he succeed? The same three things will happen to him. First of all, he's going to find opportunities for unhappiness as he makes his way in life. Opportunities that others will overlook, they don't even notice them. Whereas he goes, wherever he goes, he's going to find a lot of reasons to be unhappy. He'll be unhappy with his parents. He'll be unhappy with his brothers and sisters and with his neighbors. He'll be dissatisfied with the temperature in his home and with the weather outside. Constantly, he'll find opportunities to be unhappy. So he'll read the New York Times and he'll get fired up about all the injustice in America. The government is no good and everything in America is rotten and we have to overthrow society. The establishment is no good. We have to fight against everything because everything is bad. Whether it is or not doesn't matter because being discouraged and dissatisfied becomes an ideal for you. They'll find what to complain about in America. Only someone who wants to be unhappy reads the newspapers. Why do you need the experience, the trouble that took place in Nigeria? Or when the Meshuggah Sibanese Liberation Army kidnapped that girl in Berkeley? What is, what is it, our business? Let them go. Let them all go where they're supposed to go. Only if you're looking for unhappiness. So you'll open the newspaper or turn on the radio and find more reasons to be unhappy. People here in Brooklyn are losing a lot of peace of mind because of Michiganers in Berkeley, California. And that's because if you start out on the path to unhappiness, so you'll find more opportunities to succeed in being unhappy. And the second thing is that he'll be changed inwardly. All his mental processes will become geared towards unhappiness. Because just like there's a fountain of happiness in the human heart, there's also a fountain of sadness. And once you turn on the faucet, it pours out, not only mentally. Inside his body, things happen. To the nerves and to the physical systems, he'll change physically into an unhappy person. And the third thing is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, if that's what you're looking for, I'll send you even more encouragement. When a, person's, when a person chooses to be unhappy, if he's dumb enough to do that, so it registers. HaKadosh Baruch Hu listens to that. You don't want to be happy? Aha! I'm putting that down in my book. I'll help you out with that. Life is no good, you say? So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, in the way you want to go, I'll help you. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu helps, so you'll succeed. The one who takes the path of unhappiness is going to be encouraged in the career that he chose. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will send him bad teachers and wrong ideas in all types of ways. HaShem will help him in the path of unhappiness that he chose to walk in. He'll encourage him like nobody's business. And how did it start out? Because he chose the wrong derech. And that's why in this place, We like to follow the opposite path because, of course, it works the other way as well. If you choose to make contact with the fountain of happiness, which is truly endless, so everything everything turns out entirely different. Because one who looks for happiness, he's going to succeed. First thing is, he'll see opportunities where others don't see anything. He's going to look for opportunities like his parents. There are a lot of opportunities to love about one's parents. Surprising as that may seem to a lot of people. He's going to look for opportunities to love his siblings. There are opportunities to love your brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters are happiness. You have to learn how to love them. 
Because people who learn to set their sights from the beginning of their careers to be happy people. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you're looking to find happiness in my world? You're looking for happiness? So I'm going to cause it to come your way. You'll have a nice from Kala. You'll have from children. A lot of them. Every child is an additional joy. Along the path of life that you chose, Hashem will send you all kinds of simcha. The happiness of a child being born. The happiness of a bris and a bar mitzvah. And an engagement. Happiness of a chasana. And the happiness of grandchildren. And maybe in the course of time, the happiness of great-grandchildren. Avoid us, Hashem, makes us happy. We sit and enjoy the happiness of learning Torah. We enjoy our children. We enjoy Shabbos and Yom Tov and weekdays too. We're happy with what we have, with liberty, with America. Along the road of life, we find happiness on all sides. But you have to start out originally on that path. My way in life is to love life. And that's the idea of being a Chavetz Chaim. It says, Mia Isha Chavetz Chaim, who is the one who desires life? You have to, you have to love life. Chavetz Chaim means that you desire it. And so the first thing is to make up your mind that you are going to love life. If you love life, first of all, you're going to discover by the wayside of your journey through life all types of opportunities to enjoy life. And so a person who wants to be happy, if he walks on the road of happiness, so little by little, he'll start seeing these things that bring happiness. Life is full of happiness. Sunshine is a happiness. Of course, that's a big chiddish to people. But if you're looking for it, if you're a chafetz chayim, you'll discover that life is happy. After a while, you discover that rain is a happiness. Rain is a lot of fun. Ah, it's really fun. As the drops come down, you know that it's pearls falling down from clouds and you're thinking about what it means. Rain means that you're going to drink pure water, distilled water that falls from the sky. Maybe it will come to you in the form of a soda, if you like dirty water. That rain will become grapes and wine and apples. Rain means good times. And water means bathing. A hot bath came down once from the sky in the form of cold rain. And washing laundry too. You put on a clean shirt or clean underwear because of the rain. And so... If a person wants to be happy, he'll think about these things when it rains and he'll actually enjoy life. He'll seek out and see the opportunities that everyone else is blind to. And the second thing that will happen is that you'll become a happy personality inside. All of your mental attitudes become directed in happy ways. Your emotions become emotions of satisfaction and finding favor with the people that thing and things around you. And your body gets involved too. What happens inside your body? It's remarkable. When a person desires happiness, certain hormones, certain secretions are activated in him more than in other people. They start building up in his body. They even change his brain physically. It's remarkable how Hashem made the human body so perfect that it responds to optimism. When people are in a happy mood, all the processes of the body are encouraged to work in the very best fashion. And third is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to send him reasons to be a happy man. He'll give him reasons for Simcha. You have to say, I want to be happy in your world, Hashem. I want to enjoy life with all the kosher and good things. And I'm going to strive to enjoy life. 
And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu provides that. Because he says, Now, according to what we're saying here, it's important for every husband to start off on the right path when he gets married. And if you're married 50 years already, you can start today anyhow. So every chasen at the beginning should make up his mind. I want to live a life of complete harmony with my kala. I hope to never hurt her feelings. I hope always to honor her and to make her happy. And she should think, all my life I'm going to try to make my husband happy and never say anything mean to him. I'm never going to bother him for nothing. And I'm never going to ask him for too many things for myself or for the house. I'll try to limit myself to make it easier for him. So they both make up in their minds beforehand. They're They desire to do what's good, and not just superficially. They take upon themselves with a lave shalem that they want to fulfill these ideals, even later on in life, when it's not so easy. And when you desire to do what's good, then Hashem says, if that's the case, then molichanoto, I will help you carry out your desires. Now all this may seem to people who hear it for the first time as abstractions and impracticalities far-fetched. But these impracticalities are a very important part of our lives because we all have a depth of greatness within us, a profundity of achievement within our souls. It's ours, but it's buried in our personalities. And the wise among us will do their utmost to create the desire for good things. And by means of rotsun, ma'im amukim, eitza belev ish, the ish tavuna yidlena. A man of understanding draws forth the great, the great achievements of life. Mishlei. That's a great lesson we're learning here. Because it's the heart. Rachamana libaba'eh. HaKadosh Baruch Wants a man's heart. The attitude should be in his heart. It's an attitude of trying to be what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants him to be. Now this is a tremendous subject. You have to know what was touched on tonight. The opportunities of life will become endless if you desire. Because you have HaKadosh Baruch Hu on your side. So the very first thing is, we have to learn to desire. It's of the utmost necessity to gain such a desire of optimism. And desire is something you implant in your neshama by learning and thinking. You have to desire all the things that the Torah talks about. You desire to help the Jewish people. You desire to make your wife happy. You desire to make your husband happy. You desire to build a house like a base Hamikdash with Kedusha in your house. You desire your children should be tzaddikim. You desire your grandchildren and great-grandchildren should all be tzaddikim. You desire it. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, a person who desires, Ubacharu ba'asher chafatzti, they're choosing what I desire. Those are the ones I'm looking for. Those are the ones that I will help. We're learning now how important it is for people to gain enthusiasm. What we call learning musr, or those subjects that inflame the heart with enthusiasm. It's not merely enough to learn to do. There's no question that everybody should spend a great deal of time in the studying of the details of the mitzvahs, halachas, and so on. But it's also of the greatest importance to engender a love for the Torah, a love for mitzvahs, and a desire to do good to the Am Yisrael. Because like the daughter of Paro, 
the one who is an Ohev Yisrael in walking down the road is walking down the road towards greatness. And in the way that we desire to go, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will lead us with a little bit of bitachan, awareness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is watching us and that He sees our burning desires for optimism. We'll live our lives with our minds burning brightly, desiring everything that is good in the eyes of Hashem. And just because of that, Molichanoto, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will lead us and we will have accomplished the purpose for which we were created. Have a wonderful Shabbos.